0: This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. We are doing a series of podcasts looking at teacher autonomy or lack of autonomy or what's screwing up education. Why have schools run amok? Well, stop blaming the teachers. Often it's the outside influences and entities that have continually been trying to fix what was not broken. Now, let us understand. Teachers exist in a school context, which exists within a systems context. A system is an interacting and interdependent set of elements working together to form a unified whole. To fully understand the obstacles teachers face, and to fully understand why some are leaving education, one must first understand the system in which they exist. Arthur Combs described two common types of systems used in organizations, top-down closed systems and person-centered open systems. Both systems and their effects on schools would be described in two podcasts. But a lot of the problems in schools today are caused by the use of a top-down closed system. Top-down closed systems are common to business and manufacturing organizations and in some government organizations, and it uses a business paradigm. Business paradigms are good for businesses, but not necessarily for education. In business, profit is the bottom line. In education, people are the bottom line. So let's look at this. Top-down, closed systems are leader-centered, highly managed, and hierarchical. Here, the leader and workers exist on a hierarchy, each with well-defined roles. There's a common goal related to the production of goods or delivery of services, An organizational mach- machinery, sometimes called machine bureaucracy, is put in place to achieve the goal. The role of the worker here is to perform a specific function in the operation of the organizational machinery. The value of the worker is determined by his or her ability to perform that specific function. Rewards and punishments are put in place to manipulate workers in pursuit of the organizational goal. If there's a problem in the organizational machinery, the leader establishes the cause and the leader selects the solution. A solution is designed by experts outside the worker hierarchy and inserted into the organizational machinery to fix the problem. Competition is valued within a closed system, both within the system and outside the system. Sometimes this is called market-driven forces. Competition is seen as the best method to ensure the most effective workers and systems are rewarded that the most effective workers and systems get rewards, more resources, and they flourish. This means that less effective workers and systems are not rewarded. They get fewer resources and eventually fail. Competition in this sense creates winners and losers. Now, there's a tendency for those who have flourished within this type of system to become strong proponents of it. This becomes problematic only when their system paradigm is used as a standard to which all other organizations are measured. The false assumption being that the methods and problem-solving strategies that were effective in one type of organization will be equally effective in other types of organizations. The results of these kinds of false assumptions are rarely good, especially when it comes to education. So let's take a look at schools. When a top-down closed system is applied to schools, which is often the case, teachers are considered workers under the direction of a principal or some other external entity. The clear objective is higher scores on achievement tests. Teachers have well-defined roles which is to implement the educational machinery. The machinery in this case is a set of commercial programs created by experts outside the school and designed to generate profit for the publishers. The value of the teacher is determined by his or her ability to operate the educational machinery with fidelity. If there is a problem with the production, that means if student achievement scores are low, a leader or external entity identifies the problem and selects the solution. A new piece of educational machinery is then inserted into the existing educational machinery to fix the problem. Teachers in the top-down closed system are evaluated, often using value-added measures or merit pay. Using value-added measures, teachers are evaluated and rewarded by comparing students' current test scores to their scores in previous years. Using merit pay, teachers are evaluated and rewarded based on the end-of-year test scores. Schools are also evaluated and rewarded based on students' achievement test scores. Underachieving schools are penalized by having to spend resources to transport students to other school districts, to hire tutors, or pay for students to attend for profit learning centers. Schools that continue to do poorly would cede control of the school to the state or a private contractor. Now, this description of a school may seem a bit far fetched. However, It reflects the essential elements of No Child Left Behind. The untested hypothesis here was that all successful schools would grow and prosper, while all the underachieving schools would disappear someplace. And since this top-down closed system seemed to work so well with shopping centers and fast food restaurants and convenience stores... The reasoning was that it would work equally well with schools. However, it did not. This system may be effective in the business world, where profits are the bottom line. However, it does not transfer to education, where people are the bottom line. Now, as No Child Left Behind slowly fades away from consciousness, we now realize that it was an expensive and consuming failure. It was a decision made outside the school, made without teacher input. And this often happens when entities outside of education make decisions about education. In a top-down closed system, students become products Standardized tests are used to assess the products, or the students, as they move through a 13-year assembly line, all the same parts assembled and put on the product at predetermined times. Students who fall below a certain percentile ranking are said to have a disability. So additional standardized tests are then given by standardized testing experts to diagnose the cause of the disability. The disability is treated the same way as a disease. Here, a standardized treatment is prescribed. This is the medical model. Students are then sent off to a special room, apart from the general education classroom, to receive the prescribed special standardized treatment by a treatment expert. In this segregated setting, the treatment expert implements the standardized treatment with fidelity. Goals are established and measures are identified to assess and document progress towards that goal.